హఠయుగ ప్రదీపిక సేస్ చలేవాతి చలం చిత్తం నిశ్చలే నిశ్చలం భవేత్ దట్ మీన్స్ యాజ్ లాంగ్ యాజ్ దెర్ ఈస్ మూవ్మెంట్ ఇన్ ప్రాణ దెర్ ఈస్ మూవ్మెంట్ ఇన్ చిత్త కాన్షియస్నెస్ ఇఫ్ ద మూవ్మెంట్ ఆఫ్ ప్రాణ స్టాప్స్ చిత్త మూవ్మెంట్ స్టాప్స్ హలో ఎవ్రీ వన్ వెల్కమ్ టు దిస్ ఎపిసోడ్ ఆఫ్ ద డీప్ థింగ్స్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ ఇన్ కాన్వర్జేషన్ విత్ యశ్వంత్ పాన్యం ఫౌండర్ ఆఫ్ ప్రత్యక్ష యోగా an aerospace engineer turned yoga teacher listen to his story about what was supposed to be a part-time job as a studio manager that completely turned his life around after his first asana practice in this episode we talk about prana the vital force from the viewpoint of eastern physiology a few terminologies used in our conversation may not be familiar to some of you therefore i have listed them out with their meanings in the show notes I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Let's dive right into it. Hi Ashwant, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Deep Things podcast. Uh really happy to have you here and uh excited for whatever we have to discuss in this episode. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So how are things at your end how is the last year or so treated you It's uh I feel it's more of reflecting I was I was always away from home so it was good time being at home um slowing down things Hmm absolutely yeah I think uh, for a lot of us it's been a time to sort of pause and reflect and also work on our own practice Yeah. I think uh, not many people would uh, relate to this but I think even as yoga teachers we've had quite a hectic schedule you know running from this class to the next yeah. and I think uh, this has really offered us the time to work from home yes very grateful for that uh, but at the same time slow down and work on our own practice work on our own uh, studies even I've been personally been able to connect with so many teachers and uh it has been quite a good thing yeah same for me same for me too it's it's uh i get a lot of time to practice mm-hmm. uh before i used to practice only once and there is a uh, throughout the day i used to teach uh more than teaching it used to be more travel true yes yeah uh, but now at least because of pandemic i think uh, there is an uh, platform opened up uh, online um it's a new experience but yeah it's a learning experience it's giving more time for us yes yes so we are learning as we go so getting into the topic and uh, before that of course yes uh please tell us a little bit about your growing up years and was yoga always a part of your life or did it come come in later in your life so i i'm from andhra pradesh um so i was looking for uh, aerospace engineering i got a scholarship here in bangalore so i did with ha after that i did uh, specialization in space dynamics i was working with the hl overall division wow okay and uh, during that uh, i want to do something physical so i was always been physically active i played cricket throughout my life i played till journals uh, i was physically active but i've never practiced yoga not even once uh, so one of my friend mahesh so he referred me for a part time so i came across thousand yoga i I joined as an associate there uh, after that also for 3 months I didn't practice yoga <laughs> uh, 
so we didn't practice but amar keep calling us inside to practice after 3 months me and uh, vinik uh, we thought maybe we should try it's okay if it is easy it should, we should try and uh, we went into the class uh, it's amar's class we couldn't come outside of the class after the class everyone thought we are uh, we had a great experience but it's just that we couldn't walk <laughs> <laughs> so that that was my first experience i felt uh, there is something beyond physical then i took some time practicing i spoke with my parents that i want to change my career path uh, they said take one year pursue what you like to if you think you can establish on that then you can go ahead with this so i took one year did teachers training with uh, 1000 yoga started teaching the yeah that that's how my journey started with the yoga Mhm. Okay, that's that's quite a lovely flight of uh, uh yoga I must say because yeah, from aerospace engineering to, you know, yoga, it's quite a shift. And uh, I'm surprised it took Amar 3 months to, you know, get you into the practice because <laughs> you know, I practiced with him my first class at Thousand Yoga was with him and Yeah he's an amazing teacher and uh, I know I I totally relate to you know when you say that something shifted in the first class itself because I've had that experience too and with Amar's teaching I think uh, yeah it's wonderful but yeah you had quite a journey uh, you know shifting careers uh, I'm guessing you know you were well uh, into your 20s when you did this yes hmm. So what aspect of yoga drew you towards it was it the physical practice or the scriptural studies what interested you the most First is the teachers I feel they inspired me a lot all the teachers I felt a lot of dedication for what they are doing uh, Amar Aarti Narayan um, Archana Acharya whomever I saw they they are always a lot into what they are practicing and teaching that made me curious about learning and after that i felt uh, yoga sutras that's that's where my interest is always i always felt uh, it has the essence of what we are looking into in our practice so i'm always curious about yoga sutras that's my interest and and the application of that is my practice and teaching yeah i mean i see that with uh, you know your the work you're doing and the kind of classes you lead as well you can clearly see that you know yoga sutras has played a part in your own sadhana so i know that you have started uh, pratyaksha yoga a couple of years ago so what was your guiding principle to start that it's a story from my childhood we stay a place close to sri selam it's uh, one of the shiva temples So every year for Shivaratri, elders in our families will walk from the home till the temple. I always felt it's like a race, so you have to go first. But my grandfather and my father used to go like groups, and I keep asking them, why can't you go first? So that you'll be the first, right? It will be good. But the answer is always like it's not about the destination; it's about journey. That drove me always to do something with the people together. so when i came out of thousand yoga i was thinking to do something like that and that's where pratyaksha yoga started the word pratyaksha uh, we have in yoga sutras pratyaksha anumana agama pramanani so three ways of learning the first way is pratyaksha true perception that's the meaning of the word the objective and uh, it's a more important to have a journey rather than destination that's where i started pratyaksha 
Absolutely. That's that's a wonderful thought. I also read on your website the this line, you know, if you want to go first, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. I think yes, that's that's absolutely necessary. Whether you know you're a yoga teacher or uh, you're a yoga student, uh, it's very important to sort of have that group or that sense of sangha to study together, learn together, and move forward. Yeah, I can clearly say you know Pratyaksha Yoga. I think is doing a wonderful uh, job in that regard. And uh, thanks, thanks for doing all the work that you're doing. I've, I've practiced with you and uh, I love the calm energy you bring to your teaching. I think it puts the students at ease, irrespective of, you know, if, how difficult or advanced the posture is. I think uh, it's a very important quality for a teacher to have. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, as I said, I learned a lot from many teachers. This I learned from uh, Arti Narayan and Pradeep, irrespective of whatever is happening in the class, they always stay calm and composed. It just makes me understand that they know a lot, even though they speak less. So talking about your classes, I know that, you know, you're doing a lot of work around uh, breath work practices and pranayama practices. So how did you get into that? What was your motivation behind, you know, studying more about the breath itself? So uh, it's it's always there. I always read that uh, yoga is not just a practice. It's 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 not what we see. It's beyond what we can't see. Uh, that started with the breath, and uh, eventually my questions started building up. I started finding links one question at a time. It led to pranayama practices. A little more deeper understanding of pranayama practice, asana practices. To start with the breath. I feel breath plays a very vital role in everyone's practice. Um, so there is a person named called uh, Vishwakshena. Uh, he's a small boy. It's uh, it's a story around uh, 1700 BC time. So they usually get the water from the lake outside the village. His mother used to carry the water with the clay pot from outside the village to the house every day. So this boy is around seven years old. He want to help his mother, so he started uh, carrying clay pot for the first time. By the time he he picked it from outside water, it broke, and then he started doing carrying it slowly outside the water. But the, by time he comes home, there is no water in that. He's spilling the water everywhere. But he gradually found the way to carry the water without spilling it out. I feel that's the breath. Uh, how much of the practice we do, we don't want to keep the breath all over. We want to keep the breath calm and sustained and controlled. If if we can achieve that in our practice, uh, the progression is much more accessible. There is no rigid, there is no obstacles in our practice. My understanding about the breath is something as such. Hmm, absolutely. I've, I've seen you apply this in your teaching as well because the more we are aware of the breath, irrespective of whatever we are doing, not just on the mat, if you're uh, aware yeah. of your breath, every single action of yours can be that much more efficient. What is the, the physiological uh, significance of the breath? What what does the breath do? It starts with the psychological action. Let's say I have anger, my breath becomes short. This is the first thing to sense. Uh, so it's, it's always starts with uh, psychological changes, patterns. And if it continues for a little longer, 
then it stores into the physiological system uh, but if i my breath is normal i have more regulated breath and proper breath pattern i think our the functioning of the physiological system will be much more balanced uh, hormonal secretions digestion circulation everything goes at, at its own pace there is no rush or there is no slowing down the breath is acting as a link between the psychological and the physical Can yes so it's a link for everything in our body any energy we are trying to link up with breath is the key mm -hmm. so get, getting into the the psychological aspect and the physical aspect could you get into a little more in detail into this you know in terms of the panchakoshas Let, let's start with the prana so that it's easy for us to understand uh, uh, how it's going to affect the uh, physical and uh, psychological aspect. Prana is energy. We always say it's energy. Let's take an example of energy which we use every day, like electrical energy. How the electrical energy is produced? Let's go with the sources. Uranium, radioactive element, uh, which we create nuclear energy, again converted into electrical energy. We have uh, charcoal, we have dams uh, where we use water to create uh, electrical energy again. We have uh, wind tunnels. So everywhere there is always energy stored. It's just that we are finding a way to convert that existing energy into the energy which we are using. So the science says energy neither be created nor be destroyed, but it can be transformed from one form to the other form. If we go a little deep about the sources, it's Panchamahabhutas. So we are getting uranium and charcoal from earth element. We are using water element. We are using solar panels, sun energy. We are using fire element, air element, space maybe we haven't even researched for that but down the line we may find there also. Uh, so that means all along there is an abundance amount of energy in these uh, elements, it's just that uh, when there is a need we are using it. Let's compare it with our practice. We have seven major chakras. Every chakra is associated with one of the elements starting with Mooladhara, earth element, Swadhisthana water element, Manipura fire element, like this it's assigned with every element. Every time we create a movement with the spine, we are creating an abundance amount of energy. Let's say if I'm triggering any one chakra, I'm creating energy from that particular chakra, that particular element. So even it's just a physical movement of the spine, we are creating a lot of energy. How do I can say that's uh, prana? A good example would be there are rishis, uh, yogis who are in Himalayas, who don't consume anything but still they are active, alive for years. So this is the prana, whatever we speak about, the prana is this, but if I can't produce, I don't have control over this, then we consume things from outside. We eat food, drink water, taking external sources. This is prana. Now there is always prana within our body. It's just that we found a way to create its direction. Now we have prana, we have created abundance amount of energy. What is the connection between chitta, consciousness? Um, Hatha Yuga Pradipika says Chale Vati Chalam Chittam Nischale Nischalam Bhavet That means as long as there is movement in Prana There is movement in Chitta Consciousness If the movement of Prana stops Chitta movement stops We can also take it other way As long as the movement is in Consciousness Prana follows it There is no Consciousness There is no Prana Now we can go with the Panchakoshas we all remember the panchakoshas with uh, a person sitting five layers or five circles drawing it it's a one-dimensional thing so the objective is uh, 
they are representing in a paper so it's it's represented as circles ideally it's a five dimensional thing where uh, moon is rotating around the sun or earth in a particular axis as a human body it has five axes rotating uh, around us and each axis has a particular level of consciousness uh, this this is max they teach they don't say what exactly is in that annamai kosha pranamai kosha mano vijnanamaya anandamaya so there is no much information on this but tattva samamsa uh, written by the founder of uh, yoga uh, sankhya philosophy kapila he says there is few obstacles if you can work on this sequence you lead to samadhi or liberation and panchakosha is also saying that at the end of anandamaya kosha is the highest level of consciousness that's the state of samadhi that's what only the thing they say so if i compare these two things for anandamaya kosha it comes for uh, panchamahabhutas and pranamaya kosha we have karmendriyas manomaya kosha gnanendriyas vijnanamaya kosha we have buddhi chitta aham and for anandamaya kosha we have uh, trigunatmika so beyond all trigunas we have ashtanga yoga we have eight steps we compare the same thing for this so if i practice yama niyama asana practices i gain control over panchamahabhutas my conscious level will be annamaya kosha if i practice pranayama i gain control over karmendriyas my conscious level will be pranamaya kosha so so that at least we have what practice to be done what we have to gain control what is the state of consciousness when it comes to karmendriyas there are five uh, feet palms mouth uh, rectus and genitals so when we do pranayama practice these are the five things we use we sit in a simple cross leg or uh, padmasana sukhasana any of the asana there is there is always a lock at the legs and we use always mudra with the palms and the mouth we always do kechri or uh, jalandhara bandha and from uddhyana and moola bandha we are trying to work on rectum and genitals so indirectly we are working on these aspects because we know the practice it's uh, easy to identify that we are working on these aspects now we know prana now we know consciousness what exactly is pranayama pranayama tasmin sati shwasa prashwasayor gati vichchayatihi pranayama so yoga sutra says this any practice involves inhalation exhalation and retention kumbhaka it's considered as pranayama so this is this is more of a uh, gross state of understanding now how valmiki explains this little more deep is he says when you take an inhalation and exhalation when you hold a kumbhaka there is a pause there is no disturbances that is the pranayama he says he says we are trying to expand that space not the prana that space of pause we are trying to expand that that is called pranayama practices so every school has similar understanding but they come up with the different ways of practicing it in entire yoga sutra the first sutra says yoga chitta vritti nirodaha it's saying the same thing there shouldn't be any vrittis in chitta the pause is representing less of vrittis so there is no fluctuation even the breath itself stopping in in a pattern so that there is no fluctuations breath is the last thing to create fluctuation anyone says a pranayama practices this is the final goal to create this the pause expanding that particular space 
And the last example could be we say Ida Pingala Sushimda Nadi. When uh, Pingala is equals to Ida, then only the Sushimda Nadi opens up. So inhalation is representing Pingala, exhalation is representing Ida. When they're equal, Kumbhaka is happening spontaneously. That's where Sushimda Nadi opens up, energy is moving up. So that's the starting point of one's practice from outwards going inwards. And uh, we spoke uh, two scenarios where Prana moves first, Chitta follows it and Chitta moves first or consciousness, Prana follows it. Till Pranayama practices, Pratyahara practices, Prana is moving ahead, consciousness is moving behind. Once you enter inside, consciousness is moving ahead, Prana is falling behind. So the entire pattern of practice changes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love how you explained it with respect to the elements, with respect to Yoga Sutra, what it says in terms of the mind. And uh, I think you've given us a complete 360 degree uh, sort of view of the breath and prana itself. Uh, I know I couldn't have put it better than this. So thank you so much for giving that quick insight. Yeah, that's when in our classes we keep saying, take your inhalation towards the big toes, take your exhalation, pull the navel in. So uh, even our instructions in asana practice also uh, making sure that consciousness is moving from one point to the other point. What Yoga Sutra talks about the mind and what Hatha Yoga Pradipika talks about the quality of breath and the quality of pranayama itself. I think there's a lot of similarity there. The one thing to pick up from there is the moment you're aware of your breath, you're aware of your mind, your thoughts and everything else that is more subtler than the breath itself. Uh, I liked how you mentioned about, uh, you know, the retention of the breath and expanding that pause. If we could get into a little more into what is the significance of that? What happens when we increase that pause or increase that retention of the breath? Let's take um, two bikes. One is Royal Enfield as Prana. We'll take KTM bike as Consciousness. Then now we have a race. Prana bullet is going really fast, but its speed limit is, let's say, 180. But the KTM has much more speed limit, so it moves faster. So that's where with the consciousness. I am here now, but immediately I can go to somewhere in another country also uh, because of my consciousness. I can think that I am there. So that we'll go with these two examples. In the first scenario, bullet is going first, Prana. And now uh, consciousness uh, is coming behind. Now the KTM thinks he is moving fast and the bullet thinks KTM is moving slow. Now when they come really close into the same speed, they don't feel anything. Even though they are moving at 150 kilometers per hour. So this is what we experience, slowing down time. So irrespective of even though I'm going with 150 kilometers speed, I don't experience anything that outside is moving fast. I experience that slowness between me and the consciousness, prana and the consciousness. We experience things slowing down in subconscious level. So that's the experience we go through once we start expanding that pause. There is a lot of slowing down things. Like entire outside world is moving fast. Since I'm moving in a slow motion, it's easy for me to identify things. That could be the experience of the mind. It, I can say it's a more of a slowing down things. It's not complete empty, but it's just slowing down where I get more space to identify, uh, acknowledge. Okay. So 
you know, quite simply put, this could be the inner quiet and inner peace that is, you know, explained in simpler terms, right? Yes. So now, since everything is slowing down, the rate of impulse from our spine to the systems is going to be more regulated. If not, it's always stimulated, like it will go beyond the speed it has to run. Now, since everything's slowing down, the rate of impulse from the nervous system, from the spine, from the brain, it goes much more equilibrium so that we can maintain these systems at a very sustainable level for much longer. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, the key there is, you know, finding that sustainability in your well-being for you know one or to start their pranayama practice or uh, let's say you know even a level lower and say you know if i were to start a breath work practice uh, where could i start and what could be a good resource for me to start learning about this anyone who want to practice pranayama i suggest to learn from a teacher the reason because if i search in google I read something about Kapalabhati, a teacher told me, so I searched for Kapalabhati, it shows the practice. Any app or any video doesn't show what has to be practiced before and after. That's where the, that's where the side effect starts, because everything is a balanced practice. And one practice alone creates more imbalances. So I suggest to start with asana practice and sitting at the end of asana practice, just taking normal breath, being conscious of how much effort you're putting in to take inhalation and exhalation is a good start. But I always suggest to practice with the teachers. To start with, yogic breath is a good practice to start on their own. So a yogic breath where you know, you're paying attention to abdominal breathing, uh, the thoracic breathing, as well as you know, around the tops of the shoulders, that's a good uh, place to start. And uh, yes, absolutely. So I think pranayama practices need that constant uh, attention and guidance of a teacher simply because it is a very subtle force but yet a very transformational powerful uh, for life force could you please tell us a little bit about the classes and courses that you're teaching at the moment and where can we find you on social media how can we contact i always you? believe yoga has to be different for different person it's always taught like that even uh, T. Krishnamacharya used to teach based on the student. So I was struggling with so many emphasis of intensity, beginner, intermediate, advanced classes. So I got an explanation with one of the teachers, you know, Pradeep. Uh, a journey of a student is divided into three stages. In the first stage, where he learns uh, how to move, how to breathe, how to align himself, how to make himself more firm on the ground. Uh, that's Adama. In Madhyama, he understands how to deepen his spinal movements with the breath. And in Uttama, it's just to understand whether he or she is ready to do pranayama practice or not. So this is the approach I'm providing. So we have Adama, Madhyama and Uttama classes. Based on someone's yogic journey, we'll provide, uh, they can join these classes. We are teaching virtual online. If you go through Google Pratyaksha Yoga, you'll find us. Even in Facebook and Insta, we are with the same name, Pratyaksha Yoga. Uh, so these are the online classes we are providing as of now. Uh, I am conducting workshops also online. Next month, we have uh, Yoga Sutras, Vyasa's commentary, and uh, we have uh, teacher development programs. Uh, once we complete our uh, level one TTC and we start teaching, uh, there will be a point where we feel everything is stagnant. 
maybe we need to have we need to learn little things but not to i don't want to do like level two as such but i want to learn a recap things uh, especially reflecting on teaching so this teacher development program is for them it's more of uh, reflecting on how their practice is how they're teaching this and if there is any possibility of progression we'll be helping them to progress in that next month onwards we are providing open classes post covid classes so anyone can join virtual again all right love everything that's uh, lined up and excited to see what uh, pratyaksha yoga has lined up in the next uh, couple of months or so thankful for you to come on the show and do this episode and uh, i hope we can sit down and have another chat about other interesting things and uh, bring in your uh, engineer slash scientist point of view to you know yogic things absolutely enjoyed doing this episode thank you so much thank you for giving me the opportunity i'm happy to be part of it and it always feels good to share things what you experience and what you practice thank you my pleasure if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please subscribe on apple podcast google spotify and stitcher i'd appreciate it if you could leave a review on apple podcast goes a long way in spreading the message if you'd like to support this podcast and contribute towards creating quality ad free content you can log on to patreon.com forward slash the deep things podcast and of course you can find all these links below in the show notes thank you for your support see you next time